Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Better be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, Touchdown, Jets! Mike White! How about him? Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown! Allen has time. Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Wilson still going along the sideline, he's not going to go down, Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown, Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn and Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets, listen, from the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And wanted to get to know your foe, Seattle Seahawks edition. And so we went and got a return guest. He's been on the show a couple of times. The last time he was on, we were talking about DJ Reed, who the Jets took away from the Seattle Seahawks and free agency. And I would argue that it was one of the best free agent signings the Jets have had in years. And my guest agreed at the time, was a big fan of DJ Reed, and so I'm glad he was able to come back on. He's the host of Locked on Seahawks, Corbin Smith. Corbin, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Yeah, no problem, Scott. Greatly appreciate it. So, Corbin, let's talk about the Seahawks, and let's begin with the guy who I think is one of the most interesting stories in the last 10 years at least, and that's Geno Smith. Now, everybody knows Geno Smith, originally a Jet, drafted out of West Virginia in the second round. He flashed at times, but ultimately fizzled out. He had that whole situation in the locker room where Ikan and Kapali broke his jaw. Ryan Fitzpatrick takes his starting job. Then the next year, Fitzpatrick struggles. Geno gets another chance. He gets hurt. His rookie deal expires. He bounces around to a couple of teams, winds up for a little bit with the Giants. A lot of Giant fans got mad because of the whole Eli Manning situation where they broke his starter streak to put Geno Smith in. Then, of course, he goes to San Diego and winds up backing up Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. And in the offseason, 
When Pete Carroll basically said it was going to be a quarterback competition between Geno Smith and Drew Locke, many of us thought he was lying, that they were going to go and do something else. They would draft a quarterback, or they were going to go and trade for somebody like Baker Mayfield. But nope, it was Geno Smith versus Drew Locke. Geno Smith wins the job, and you figure, okay, this year is going to be a lost year for the Seahawks. They'll do poorly. They have those draft picks from the Russell Wilson trade. And they'll move ahead and start rebuilding, get a new quarterback. But guess what? Geno Smith didn't get the memo. As he said, he didn't write back when they wrote him off. And he has had a fantastic year, made the Pro Bowl after nine years in the NFL. It's a very rare story. I know that people will say quarterbacks need time to develop. But nine years, the last time I could remember a quarterback who was drafted highly to be the franchise quarterback somewhere, and then he was able to really find himself somewhere else, was Jim Plunkett, who of course won a Super Bowl. And I'm not saying Geno Smith is going to do that, but Corbin, he has played really well. And I would argue that even though some will say that he's fizzled a little bit the second half of the season, he's actually played very, very well. And you can speak to this better than I can. I think he's continuing to play at a high level. Against the Chiefs, it was probably his worst game of the season or one of his worst games of the season. But overall, he's been fairly consistent. As you told me before we started recording, some of the decisions haven't been as good, but there's been reasons for that. Yeah, there's always reasons behind these type of regressions. And, you know, Geno's been getting battered a little bit back in the pocket by an offensive line that, quite frankly has really dropped off the last six, seven games. And I think maybe that was the biggest part of the surprise with them starting six and three is, you know, you had two rookie tackles, which had only happened three times since 1970. It just doesn't happen. And the offensive line was expected to be a weak spot. And yet those first nine games, that was a big reason why they were winning a lot of games. Their pass protection was really darn good. They were opening up the run game with Rashad Penny before he got hurt and then Ken Walker the third, And really everything was running through that offensive line, exceeding expectations. And then really ever since a loss to the Buccaneers in Munich, it's been the opposite direction. The center, Austin Blythe, has really struggled. Both their guards, I should say three guards, because they're rotating Gabe Jackson and Phil Haynes at right guard. Lately, it hasn't mattered. Both of them have been struggling in pass protection and run blocking. Damian Lewis has been the best of the three, and he's been inconsistent at times. Maybe the most consistent lineman, though, on Seattle's front five there. And now they've got a tackle in Abe Lucas that might miss a game or two with a patellar tendon injury. We don't know the severity of that yet. No news has come out on that front. Uh, but that's really been the biggest issue. Geno Smith has been under duress a lot more the last five or six games. And I think there's been some bad habits that have developed from that. He's playing with happy feet. He's been throwing a lot on his back foot. Those are things he weren't, he wasn't doing near as often early in the season, but yet he's still completing a pretty high percentage of his passes. I believe he's still first in the NFL in that category. He's in the top five in touchdown passes his production dipping off, I think, has been more of a consequence of what's going on around him than necessarily him fizzling out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk about the rest of the offense. As you said, the offensive line has struggled. Abe Lucas may or may not play in this game. Looks like he's trending to not play. And then you have the other rookie, Charles Cross. So it's a young offensive line. And like we said before, everybody expected that this was the beginning of a rebuild. So that's part of why they've struggled, the youth. Speaking of youth... Youthful playmaker in Kenneth Walker. He, at one point, was the hottest running back in the league. Cooled down a little bit, had some injuries. Talk to me a little bit more about that offensive line and Kenneth Walker and the impact that he's had and what you expect him to be able to do against the Jets. So Walker has been dealing with a lingering ankle injury. He didn't play a few weeks ago against Carolina. Then he came back and played in their Thursday night game against the 49ers. Didn't practice at all last week. And I think that's more about self-preservation than anything else. They wanted to make sure that he could be the workhorse on Sunday. Well, against the Chiefs, he carried the football 26 times and he had his first game with over 100 rushing yards since early November. And that's really been an issue that's plagued this football team. And it goes back to the offensive line. They've had some injuries at running back, but just the performance of the offensive line in general they haven't been able to run the football up till the second half on Saturday against the Chiefs. They had like six games in a row that they were under 70 rushing yards of the team, which for a Pete Carroll coach team, that's incredible that they have not been able to run the football. And it's all boiled down to the offensive line for the most part. Walker, his decisiveness can be a little bit of an issue sometimes. I think he tries to be too patient. And then there's times where he gets a little bit bounce happy because of how explosive and how athletic he is. But more times than not, he's going to make a defense pay when he cuts outside or he's patient behind the line of scrimmage because of his speed, his burst, his underrated power. And the issue's just been the blocking has not been there in front of him for the most part. They're hoping the second half against the Chiefs maybe gets them on a roll here with these last two games of the season. Maybe they can get a more balanced offense, which certainly would help Geno Smith. I think that's another thing that's impacted his play. He's had the entire world on his shoulders the last four or five games because they haven't been able to run the ball and they haven't been able to pass protect very well. That puts any quarterback in a really difficult situation. But 
when they have Ken Walker the third rolling and that front line is opening up enough room for him to do damage with his elite traits, this is an offense that's much more difficult to stop. They just unfortunately have not been able to find that formula. Even Saturday when they ran the ball well in the second half, they weren't able to finish drives. I mean, they were in the Chiefs' territory like half the uh, half the third and fourth quarter, and they couldn't score points when they were down there. And that was not an issue for this team up until a few weeks ago, and a lot of it's really boiled down to the offensive line. Again, you don't want to simplify it, oversimplify it too much, but in this case, that has really been – the symptom behind all of the problems the Seahawks are having offensively. It's just the offensive line not playing well. One area, Corbin, where the Seahawks certainly have not struggled is the receiving game. Now, we talked about Geno Smith, and part of the reason why I think he's doing better, in addition to just growth as a quarterback and the fact that he has become one of the better quarterbacks in the league at reading the defense pre-snap, which was a major weakness of his when he was here with the Jets, is that he's got some really nice weapons in the passing game. DK Metcalf, we all know what to expect from DK Metcalf at this point. He's already gone over 1,000 yards. Tyler Lockett, whose status is up in the air for this game, he's going to finish the season with over 1,000 yards unless he doesn't play again. There's no way he's not going to get 36 yards the next two games if he's actually active in the lineup. Noah Fant, who came over in the Russell Wilson deal, has been solid. Unfortunately, Will Disley, you just informed me, he is going to be on injured reserve. The other tight end, who's actually made some plays, he's not going to play in this game. But if you look at what the Seahawks have on offense, they have a really nice group of weapons there for Geno Smith. They really do. And, you know, Tyler Lockett being out, everybody knew that was going to be a big deal in Kansas City because this team has very rarely played without Lockett since they drafted in the third round. That was just the third game he's missed in his entire career. A lot of times you see these smaller receivers that are like Lockett that are like 5'10", 180 pounds. They have a hard time staying healthy, but this guy has been as durable as any receiver in football. So not having him out there, Geno Smith felt that particularly on third down. They went two for 14 in this game on third down, and that has been a problem for the last five or six games too. First and second down efficiency is not as good. They're getting more long third downs, and that's dragging that uh, conversion rate downhill. But it, it was especially impacted by not having Lockett, who is such a master at getting just enough yardage to move the chains. He knows where to get his where to end his route. He knows where to find holes and zones. And Geno Smith missed that security blanket this weekend. When they have him and DK Metcalf both in the field. There aren't many teams in the league that have a better one-two punch than that. And Marquise Goodwin has been a really nice reclamation project for them as their number three receiver. He's not a number two, and he's had a few injuries he's been dealing with, he's been playing through. But you can still see the Olympic track speed that he brings to the table. Even at 31 years of age, he can still fly. He's given them another guy that can win downfield. He can run routes from the slot. He can mix them into the run game. And so those three plus their trifecta of tight ends, unfortunately, will now only be a duo with Noah Fant and Colby Parkinson. But that cluster of players, those six players plus the running backs they've got, there hasn't been a shortage of talent at the skill positions. Again, it really just boiled down to was Geno Smith going to play well enough for them to score points? And was the offensive line going to be able to protect him and open up the run game? Well, that latter part 
in recent weeks. They have not been able to do that, and it's really made it difficult to take advantage of the skill talent that they have at running back, receiver, and tight end. Corbin, there's a very interesting discussion to be had on the defensive side of the ball, and it involves Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen, and I want to get to that in a second because I know you have a lot of thoughts on that, and I want you to be able to discuss it. I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm not going to try and sway the opinion. I'm just going to let you make the case. But before we get to Tariq Woolen, I want to talk about the Seahawks' pass defense in general. They haven't been the best. They've had some weaknesses. Colby Bryant has struggled his rookie year. Quandre Diggs, who's one of my favorite non-Jets players in the league. I'm a biased Texas fan. What can I tell you? By the way, I just found out that Quandre Diggs is the half-brother of Quentin Jammer. I never knew that. Quentin Jammer, of course, one of the best college football cornerbacks I've ever seen. Yes, a little biased because he went to Texas. Unfortunately, it didn't really work out for him in the NFL with the Chargers, but I had no idea that they were half-brothers. Explains a lot. That's a very talented family. Quandre Diggs goes to the Pro Bowl again, so he's a positive, but they've had a lot of struggles defending the pass this year talk to me a little bit about that and then also Tariq Woolen you and I talked before we started recording about the debate with Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen the rookie of the year controversy who's going to win that award most Jets fans don't think that Tariq Woolen is on the same level as Sauce Gardner I tend to agree with that but you think differently and I would like you to state your case as far as how good Tariq Woolen has been this year and why you think he's very much deserving of strong consideration for for the Rookie of the Year award. Well, Scott, I'll get to that second. Just in terms of the pass defense, honestly, aside from the issue that they've given up some explosive plays and they've had some coverage breakdowns, I actually think the secondary has been fine. They've gotten by without Jamal Adams. I mean, I was, you know, when Jamal Adams went down the first game of the season, that was gut-wrenching because you had to feel for the player because I think he was on the verge of easily having his best season here. This defensive scheme they installed, what they were going to be doing with him, I think he had a chance to have an all-pro season for the Seahawks this year. And for him to go down in the first quarter trying to tackle Russell Wilson, of all people, um, that certainly was a real – that was a major blow early in the season for this team. But Ryan Neal has played at a very high level, replacing him at strong safety. Diggs has actually had, by his standards, kind of a down year. He only has two interceptions. There's been more missed tackles than we're used to seeing. But he's still among the league leaders for safeties for fewest receptions and receiving yards, giving up fewest uh, reception, lowest uh, reception percentage again. So he's still been good. It's just not quite as good as we've seen him in the past. And obviously his peers still viewed him as one of the best making a Pro Bowl, and he was pushed into the top spot by the player and coaching uh, voting for the Pro Bowl. So it certainly shows where the respect is at for him. But Mike Jackson, the other corner, I don't think he's a long-term answer over there, but he's been solid. He's been a decent starter for him. And Tariq Woolen has played at an exceptional level as a fifth-round pick coming out of UTSA. It seems to me like their bigger issues are up front, defending the run. Teams have been able to run ragged against them all season long. They've had issues with their pass rush being inconsistent. So honestly, I feel like the secondary actually is the strongest part of this defense, even though there have been some mistakes. They've had some games where they've given up quite a few big plays. I don't think that's been the biggest reason behind their defensive struggles, and there's been a lot of bright spots there. As for Woolen and where he pertains with the Defensive Rookie of the Year award, I did a huge segment on this on Locked on Seahawks today with my co-host Rob Rang, NFL Draft Guru, and... Basically, what it boils down to to me, I view this as a neck 
neck-to-neck race right now. And it's a two-horse race. It is between Tariq Woolen and Sauce Gardner. And I can understand why Jets fans feel the way that they do. I think that Gardner is a phenomenal talent. I think he's had an amazing season. And obviously, when you look at the receiving yards allowed, the 44% reception rate against he has truly been a shutdown corner, and Tariq Woolen has given up more yardage. He's given up a higher completion rate. He's given up five touchdowns, although I will be the one to tell you that I think two of those were not his fault that Pro Football Focus has attributed to. So I would probably have that number at three instead based on the coverages the Seahawks were playing on those touchdowns that they gave up. But what he has done that really sets him apart from Sauce Gardner has been the impact plays. And before you jump in, Scott, and say, well, he hasn't, you know, quarterbacks probably haven't, you know, probably have targeted more than what they've targeted Sauce Gardner. There have been plenty of games where quarterbacks have avoided Tariq Woolen like the plague. There have been several games where they just decided we're not going to target you. Tyler Murray certainly was not going to try to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins when Tariq Woolen was across from him. There have been other games where quarterbacks have stayed away from him. There's just been some busted coverages, but nonetheless, those game-changing plays, the turnovers, the blocked field goals, Tariq Woolen has just been a monster creating those plays. And he's had a few really difficult interceptions that he's reeled in. There was one against the Lions where you don't see corners that are dropping back into cover three. You don't see him run to the middle of the field and jump a route that is an out route. You don't see him jump that and then return it for a touchdown. But a guy that runs a 4-2-6 like Tariq Woolen apparently can. And so he has just made some ridiculous plays this year. Six interceptions, two fumble recoveries, a blocked field goal that led to a touchdown. I don't know where the Seahawks defense would be at if they didn't have Tariq Woolen, who has just been a revelation as a fifth-round pick. Everybody thought it was going to take a year or two for him to be able to play defense because he hadn't been playing corner very long. And he quickly proved all of those doubters wrong, and he has been fantastic. And I'll just say this. Whoever wins between those two, I'm going to have no gripe because I think Sauce Gardner is absolutely deserving. He's been he's had a phenomenal season, but I I think that you know people like uh, people that say that Tariq Woolen doesn't deserve to be in consideration here. I don't know what you're looking at either with the big plays that he's created. I think you can make very compelling arguments for both of them, and I'm not a fan of co awards. But if they gave it to both of them, I'd have no issue with that either because I truly feel like they've been head and shoulders above every other rookie in the league this year. Corbin, as I said, I wanted you to make your case. I'm not going to argue back because I've made my feelings clear on many podcasts about Sauce and how good he is. I just wanted that case to be out there for Jets fans to hear from somebody who has covered Tariq Woolen week in, week out. The only thing I will say is I do think that Sauce should definitely get the award, but Tariq Woolen has had an excellent rookie year, and even if he doesn't win the award, for a guy that was a fifth-round pick, major steal for the Seahawks, and he is already exceeding any reasonable expectations that anybody could have had for him, especially, like you said, since much like Richard Sherman, who once played for the Seahawks, Woolen has only been playing cornerback for two years. That's why he slid down the draft boards, because he's so raw. So a tremendous find for the Seahawks, whether he wins Defensive Rookie of the Year or not. But Corbin, I want to go back to what you said about the Seahawks' run defense, and I want to talk a little bit about their ability to get to the quarterback. As far as the run defense... This is where picking a guy like Bam Knight 
could be very beneficial for you if you go over to prizepicks.com and the Prize Picks app and participate in their daily fantasy matchups up against the Prize Picks player projections. Remember, you pick two to six players, and if they beat their Prize Picks player projection, you can win up to 25 times the amount of money you put in. You don't play against anybody else, just against the Prize Picks player projection. You can play football or you can do baseball, basketball, hockey, anything you want. It's all there for you over at prizepicks.com. I've been picking Garrett Wilson every week. Didn't work out last week. It's worked out way more than it hasn't. He's going to be one of my players. And based on what Corbin just said about the Seahawks' weak run defense, I think I may take Bam Knight as one of my picks as well. Get in on the action just like me. Go over to prizepicks.com and the PrizePicks app. Use the promo code PLAJ when you sign up, and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match you 100 bucks. Put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Go to prizepicks.com and the PrizePicks app. Put in the promo code PLAJ when you sign up, and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Corbin, talk a little bit more about this weak run defense because the Jets have had a lot of trouble running the ball the last couple of weeks. I expect that Chris Streveler is going to be used out of the Wildcat the way that he was against the Jaguars this past week. He actually ended up throwing the ball in the fourth quarter in relief of Zach Wilson because of how poorly Wilson played. But I do think that even with Mike White back, you are going to see some Wildcat packages with Strebler to take advantage of the weakness that you just outlined in the run defense with the Seahawks and also to try and catch them a little bit off guard. And then as far as their pass rush, Nwusu has had a really good year. Nine sacks and Daryl Taylor has been getting to the quarterback as well. So talk to me a little bit about the run defense and the ability of the Seahawks to get to the quarterback. Run defense, the biggest issue has been moving to a hybrid 3-4. They've just had major issues with their run fits, and tackling has not been consistent. At times, it has been atrocious. But the run fits has been the biggest issue, and you just got to wonder if the personnel they've got doesn't match up with what they're wanting to do because you have players like Puna Ford and Quentin Jefferson who are at their best when they are one-gap penetrating, attacking the line of scrimmage, and when you're in a 3-4 defense like the one that they were installing under new coordinator Clint Hurt, you're, you're going to need to be able to two-gap, and you're going to have to be more patient at the uh, line of scrimmage. And that has been something that has been a struggle. They have not been able to play that style. They had to go back to being more of an aggressive, attacking one-gap defense. And for a few games, that was helping. Their run defense got much better, and they won four straight games. But in this current stretch where they've lost five out of six – they have had basically any running backs that can breathe have been able to run for 100 yards on them. This past week, they showed some improvements against the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Chiefs weren't looking to run the ball that much in that game anyway. They wanted to have the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. And the games leading up to that, the 49ers game, they were okay. You take out a big run at the end of the game by Jordan Mason, and they held them under four yards per carry. But in the five games before that, they were giving up over 200 rushing yards a game. So this defense has had all kinds of issues with run fits and getting out of alignment and allowing big gaps to open up for running backs. They've given up a lot of chunk plays in the run game. Tackling's been hit and miss. The linebackers have been hit and miss. So it's really been a defensive-wide issue defending the run, not necessarily highlighting one or two players, but they've just had a lot of issues, and they haven't been able to consistently fix that. There have been games they've been better, and then they come back and teams gash them again. As far as the pass rush goes, Nuosu has been the one constant there. He is a Pro Bowl alternate. I think he probably could have been a Pro Bowl selection with the numbers he's put up. He's been a really good run defender on top of getting to the quarterback a lot this year. 
But away from him, there hasn't been another guy that's been consistent. Daryl Taylor is second on the team in sacks. And when he gets to the quarterback, he makes good things happen. He's got three strip sacks to go with that. But he's been so up and down, and he hasn't been able to defend the run at all. He's been a big part of that run defense issue. So he lost his starting job in week four. And he's just been a situational pass rusher since that time. And he'll come through with a big sack every game or two, and then he'll disappear for two quarters. So he just he's been largely a non-factor despite being an outstanding athlete rushing off the edge, has not played with any consistency. Bruce Irvin's 35, and he's starting to look like he's 35 the last couple of games. He gave him a nice jolt when they signed him off the free agent market. And I think if they would have kept him in a situational reserve role, he probably would have held up fine. But they've made him a starter, and the number of snaps that he's been getting, you can tell that it's starting to wear down on him at his age. He has not played well for the last three or four games. Rookie boy Mafe has been much better, and yet they just, for whatever reason, they don't seem to want to take the training wheels off of Mafe. And so he's been getting 15, 20 snaps a game. I think he should be playing a lot more than that. He's been really good against the run, which is the other reason I'm surprised they haven't put him in the starting lineup and just let him roll. But the second-round pick has had to wait his turn, and he's still waiting for that opportunity. So really that edge rushing group, there's some upside, there's some athleticism there. But like a lot of other part, other parts of this defense, the consistency just has not been there. And that's why this defense has been so up and down this year. Corbin, last question before you run. Just want to ask for your overall thoughts on how this is going to play out Sunday between the Jets and the Seahawks. Both teams fighting for their playoff lives. A loss would pretty much eliminate the Seahawks or the Jets. So everything's on the line here. Much different situation for the Jets now that the Seahawks have to deal with with Mike White getting cleared as opposed to having to face Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson, obviously. So how do you expect Pete Carroll and his coaching staff to approach this? What do you think the strategy is going to be? And ultimately, how do you think this unfolds? You don't have to give me an exact score prediction, but what do you think is going to happen here in this game? I expect this to be a back-and-forth defensive slugfest. I think that both teams, especially with the way the offense has been playing, I just don't anticipate, especially with the potential of getting rain at Lumen Field, I just don't anticipate that this is going to be a game where both teams are going to be able to light up scoreboards. And based on what Pete Carroll said in his press conference yesterday, whether fans like it or not, I anticipate that they are going to come out leaning on the ground game just as they did the second half in Kansas City. And it worked pretty well against the Chiefs in the second half. But obviously the Jets have a much better defense overall than what the Chiefs do, giving up a lot less points per game. And so that may be part of the rationale, though, for Pete Carroll. I can't have Geno Smith dropping back 40 times in this game and letting the Jets' front line tee off against him, especially with how poorly the offensive line has played. So I expect that they're going to be trying to play the ball control game a little bit, get that run game going with Ken Walker the third and DJ Dallas. Maybe the run game will pick up where it left off the end of Saturday's game, and then that'll open up some play-action opportunities for Geno. And on defense, I think this is one of those games where I know Mike White has been the best quarterback for the Jets, but regardless of who plays QB for the Jets, I think that Pete Carroll's got to be going to this game thinking, especially with how bad their run defense has been, we need to shut down the run. Let's make this team beat us through the air. Yeah, they've got some good receivers, but 
again, you've got the uncertainty, the lack of production overall at quarterback. I feel like that's probably how the Seahawks are going to handle this. I don't know that this is going to be a game where they send an extra rusher a bunch, but Mike White is not the most mobile of quarterbacks, so that may be something that they lean on doing to try to – uh, turn up the heat on him a little bit more, maybe force him into some turnovers, which he's had some issues with periodically in his career. But, you know, I think this is a game that is going to go down to the wire. I think it's going to be low scoring. And I would anticipate that it's going to be one of those that's decided in the final minutes, whoever's going to win it. Corbin Smith, who covers the Seahawks for Sports Illustrated and, of course, is a co-host over on Locked on Seahawks. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the Seahawks with me. Really appreciate it here on this edition of Know Your Foe. For those that want to check out all your work, dive in more depth on what's going on with the Seahawks and what the Jets are up against on Sunday. How can they do that? You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can also find the Locked On Seahawks podcast. We're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically every major podcast platform. And we've got plenty of Seahawks Jets coverage this week for fans that are interested in the upcoming foes perspective. Make sure you follow Corbin on Twitter and check out his work with Locked On Seahawks and Sports Illustrated. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns up on our YouTube channel, so watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply